welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 272 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also joined by Lee Padabadabadabadadoo. Say hi, Lee. Yo, people. Hi. Hiya. You are also joined by, oh my gosh, it is Josh. What's going on? on? (laughs) You are so down with the ute. So down. Right, gentlemen, it's been it's been a little while since you've both been on. Um, how been you? How been you, our chaps? I has been white. Has been you? Uh, nah, bad. Nah. I mean, you, are you waited until I was taking a sip of water to to ask that? Didn't you? <laughs> Sorry. Always. Well, well, Josh, how have you? Been? I mean, yeah, Josh, how have you been? Busy, extremely busy. But other than that, I am very well. Yeah, you've done a, a done a couple of gigs, haven't you? Done a couple of gigs. About got more job interviews, and I can shake a stick at trying new pedals. And yeah, well, a big, big congratulations to you, man, for landing your new job. We're, we we are also very, very happy. We're a modicum of jealousy as well, of course. But <laughs> more money's well. always better. You know what they say, mo money, mo problems. So if you if you do need to get rid of some of that money, I would happily share the burden of problems with you there. Mo woman, no, mo cry. <laughs> yeah, mo woman, mo cry. I'm not, <laughs> not entirely sure that's how it goes. Mo faro, mo cry. Hey, hey. Uh, so, Mr. Josh, not only have you been doing some, some giggity gigs, you've got a little bit of a... Um, little bit of a competition going on over at the uh over at the yes Joshy's uh, over, on, over on the gram uh on <laughs> on Instagram. the gram on, on the gram because i'm so down with the kids these days and it's just, yeah just incre- incredibly <laughs> down with the youth what is going on uh i am currently giving away um a signature uh hamstein guitar strap uh these are the guitar straps that uh, Richard from Ramstein uses on stage. Uh, I've teamed up with Rich to obviously kind of been endorsed to them. We had the idea of doing a giveaway. Uh, so we're giving away somebody. Lucky winner will receive one of the signature straps, uh, some strap locks and a shirt. Nice. So if you want to get in on the competition, you've got to head over to Instagram and you've got to be following three accounts. Firstly, mine. At the Corona Mortis, uh, Rich the Straps and uh, Ramstein Army, who are also involved in the giveaway as well. Uh, nice. T- tag it in your in, uh, in your Instagram story, and that will be you entered. I mean, as lo- as excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no foreplay uh, at all. That, yeah, just, just <laughs> ram it straight in there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Ramstein means? <laughs> it's, you're not far off. Ironically, ironically, you're not far off. Um, yeah, but the, these straps are worth about 160 pounds, something like that. Handmade Italian Napa leather, so they are. Oosh. Not they German. Are quite cushy. Not no. German leather. Not not from the German cows. <laughs> oh dear. Whatever uh, the German well, word is for cow. I take the piss. I actually love Germany. I think it's a great country. It's uh, it's really good fun. It's so um, so much culture. It's it's a really good place. I've heard it's incredibly clean, but the it's not. It's, well, it, parts it's not. of it are. No, parts it's of it aren't. dirty as 
it really is actually quite grimy but um you know not quite to the level of the uk but it's i suppose it's when you travel to it from scandinavia <laughs> it's it's pretty grimy then say, no, no, the trains are horrible I mean, I've seen some pretty grimy uh, videos featuring Germans on the internet, but it's <laughs> not quite the scenery. <laughs> yeah, but those were probably found on like a pay-per-view website. Into, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not that that rich. I look for the leaks myself. Your <laughs> girls uncopper. I see, and shaft and splagen. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's very good. Very good. Right, Josh. I think we may have we may have ruined your your yeah, competition there. And, and that's me now. Sort of the sound of my contract with Rich Straps not getting that's reviewed. It. <laughs> Te- like teared I, mean, I feel like I need to. You know, I, I was watching Family Guy yesterday, and there was this point where Peter said to Cleveland, "Can I get a selfie with you?" And, and Cleveland was like. Okay, how many black people did you offend this time? I kind of have to show. <laughs> I feel like I have to now call all my German friends and like get selfies with them. <laughs> yeah, fair play. I mean, there, there's some quality quality German content on the internet. It's not all grimy. Oh yeah. Um, so Josh, when when is this competition lasting until? Let's swing uh, it back. So this. Uh, is running up until the 11th of December, I think it is. It closes at midnight on the 11th of December. So you've got a fair bit of time to to get entered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to to enrol yourself. There we go. We'll go enrol. Enrol over and enrolls. get entered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you sh- so in that case, kind of depending on postal services, you should also get it in time for Christmas. Oh, very good. Very good. Speaking of uh, competitions, Lee, you've uh, you've been yes. orchestrated a bit of a competition as well this week, haven't you? Yes. If you would like to enter a competition, see, that's how you say it, for us to enter you, we will... <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a whole box of goodies. <laughs> oh, it's, it's in, like, yeah, incredibly surprising. <laughs> I mean... We we um some of us have had the the same thing through and um, yeah we were surprised we were we knew what was coming oh my god can't, everything's yeah. an innuendo I I can't <laughs> stop <laughs> I'm not doing it on purpose That's it. we saw we saw it come into our face we, we just couldn't couldn't get it away <laughs> and That's it. um we were dripping with excitement yeah. Uh, Can I also? Uh, oh, actually, no. Carry on. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't um, know where yeah, we're going so with this. I'm nervous. When we opened the box, and there was like twelve pedals in there, plus a pedal board that was in a case, and you know, we you expected the pedals, didn't necessarily expect the pedal board. The power supply was great, and it's an isolated power supply as well, which is always fantastic. A fit fixes to the bottom of the um the board which is pretty cool with a little bracket and they also added in a shit ton of patch cables which is awesome that was a nice touch weren't it that that was a really nice touch i mean yeah. to be fair the whole nice touch was having the not just saying not just the pedal but like a 
the power supply and the pedal board and I was yeah. very impressed with with K-Line for that. Yeah, and the pedals are like tiny, aren't they? They're well small. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean so they I I was talking with um with Matt about this actually and I was saying that's the ideal size for a mini pedal. Like the yeah. standard mini pedals are really tall but not wide. <laughs> They're not wide enough and they can tip over. So unless they are fixed down really well, you've got problems. Whereas these, they're smaller, but wider as well. They're flatter and wider, so the, the centre of gravity on them is brilliant. So like, there's no knocking them over. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember we did a whole thing about that on the TC Bucket Brigade? And they've got that range of pedals that kind yeah. of... I, I think uh, I think they're a better size than these because they uh, they're a similar size but a little bit little bit smaller but they're top mounted jacks as well. Yes, yeah. So I mean that's that's where that. they um that's they where they win out, isn't it? But there's no way because these are so thin that they couldn't have been top mounted. There's there's just no I, I there's no have to put the two up against each other and take a picture for you because I think the I think the TC ones are actually smaller. Yeah, yeah, but uh, like in terms of the the depth of the pedal, the, oh, they they are see. thinner. Like they're. Yeah, but does anyone actually care about that that dimension? Well, that's what I'm saying. It, look, in terms of because it's a mini pedal, because it's it's thinner, its center of gravity is lower to the ground, which means that you you're not really tipping them over. That's true on the TC. Anyway, it doesn't matter, right? Focus <laughs> on these K line pedals, right? Yeah. And they are. I've not tried them yet because I've been super, super busy, but they look great. The The knobs are very, they're not loose. They're not, they don't feel like they get um, looser and tighter as some knobs do, like some of the cheaper knobs. As you turn it around, there's a, a really good... <laughs> Josh, Josh, oh my God, like that, <laughs> that grin. Like uh, there's, there's a really firm movement as you move it around. As and, you twist the knob. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pleasurable. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean like they they they're sturdily built they they're put together really well the graphic I, does feel nice as you turn yeah. the knobs I, without any like double entendres it, as you turn the knobs they do feel very smooth and that you can feel a bit of resistance there and that, you know you can get them precisely dialed in quite easily yeah like when you take your fingers away you haven't got to worry that the settings are going to change yeah that it'll it will be knocked incrementally as you've as you've shifted away from it yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Um, possibly not the most exciting thing about the pedals, um, but like, I, I love the artwork. I absolutely yeah. love the artwork. Yeah, it's really vibrant, isn't it? Remember, when I first sent over the um, the the pictures of them like months and months ago, uh, before they were even released, and yeah. that was the first thing we all commented on how great they look. Yeah, the, they they did a really good job on that on on making like a really cohesive line. Um, because a lot of the um like a lot of the Chinese companies, they'll get graphics done for like a handful of pedals and then the next ones, it almost seems like they've used another artist and another artist. So you'll get like the um the Joyo stuff, like the original JP line, is an a like perfect example of this. You look at like the Tremolo, it's got a picture of a pit bull on it, you're like, okay. But then like the next one, the the flanger, it's got a picture of an aeroplane in a different style, and you, yeah. you're just like, mm, like they're serviceable, they're they're 
decent sounding pedals, but this line doesn't it doesn't scream like it's the same line of pedals. Whereas these yeah. all look like the the art style's the same. Uh and the can I, like, can I just Sorry, mate. Yeah, of course can you can, I just yeah. say to, to anyone listening um, who may be in a company or something along those lines thinking, oh, he's been showing his mate's stuff, I had full permission to share the images with the other guys. I would not share stuff with people unless I had full permission. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like it, it was in the pipeline, like you say, like when we when we were told we were going to get these uh, these pedals through, um, we were expecting, like, we were told, oh, you'll get, you'll get the entire line. And we were expecting, like, a box of 12 pedals. We weren't expecting all of this other stuff. Um, yeah, and it, it was a case of, okay, we're going to have to uh, share out these 12 pedals between us sort of thing, rather than one whole lot sent to each continent or whatever. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> right, it was we, crazy. We, we're going to go on about the... Um, the pedals that we've tried, because I've tried a few, Josh has tried a few. We'll go on about those in the Patreon. Um, not So not to spoil it for like when we release the videos. Um, but we were talking about the uh, the competition as well. That, I think by the time that this podcast comes out, it will be over, won't it? I think so. Yeah, I think it will. But it's a great competition because um, you get to name their next boost pedal. Yeah, it's a treble so, boost style circuit, isn't it? They said, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they're looking for like a treble booster. And we've had some. There's been some great, great ops. Like my, my favourite is the uh, COVID booster. Of course, they won't <laughs> use it, but I thought it was yeah. hilarious. Um, and yours favourite was the rooster booster. The rooster booster. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm slightly biased, but I really liked my big boosty bitches. <laughs> uh, I can I can understand why they're probably not going to go for that one, Josh. <laughs> I saw an, another one was the the morale booster, which um, was like uh, something that Phil Phil Dyer suggested. Yeah, that would be really cool. Well, I, actually, I was actually I was actually talking to Phil Dyer about these pedals, and he was saying because he was approached by K Line as well. Yeah, um, about the pedals, and um, I. I'd sent in some audio clips when I put my board together and I was having a play around and he was very surprised about how good they sounded. Yeah. I mean, like, in defense of K-Line, the pedals that I've demoed on the No Talk or Turn series, I've probably done about probably about four or five from K-Line now. And they have all been absolutely like, impeccable quality. They've sounded fantastic. So I, I kind of knew that we were going to be getting some good stuff. Like based on the the back catalogue that they've got, but I've been, I have truly been blown away. But like I say, we're gonna we're gonna save the the more detailed stuff for the Patreon. Yeah, for the yeah, for, like as we release videos, we might we'll mention the videos over time. And, yeah, of course uh, we will. Yeah, yeah, there will be quite a few to come out. Should I say? Oh yeah, I'd say at least about twelve. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, i'm gonna give a quick uh quick rundown of a, a video that i released this week which i didn't have massive uh massive faith that it would do as well as it did because generally speaking stuff that's off the beaten path so stuff that isn't like your kind of standard drive pedals and 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 generally kind of aiming towards the the specific boutique drive pedals they tend to not do as well. But I did a video on the Blood Moon Phaser by TC, and actually it's it's picking up quite uh, quite a bit of 
traction, which is really good. Um, it's really good because the pedal itself is phenomenal. I really thought it, like, it's got those kinds of vintage phase tones, like the phase 90 tones. Um, and then you can you can do some some great stuff with the knob at the bottom. I can't remember what they call it. I think it's feedback. And you can go, like, between, like, metallic-ish tones, almost kind of fl- uh, flangery metallic overtones. And you can get some really cool, uh, like, in-between sounds with these phases. So it it spans across kind of decades' worth of phase. Um, and you can definitely, definitely hear, Matt, if you are listening, you can definitely hear the difference between a phaser and a flanger. Definitely. Oh, a million percent. I know. It's not even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can't hear the difference between a fl- f- phaser and a flanger, you need to go back to pedal school. Pe- pe- pedal school? <laughs> My God. I think I think we, we should create a pedal school. I think I think that's uh, something we should do. I mean, the way some people behave on pedal boards are doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, generally speaking, we've got an absolutely fantastic crowd over there. There are some people. Oh, yeah. There's always some, isn't there? There's always some. I mean, we we got rid of most of the arseholes, so um, yeah, cool. Do you know how much the um, the Blood Moon costs? It's about forty, 40 quid, quid, isn't it? Forty two pounds from t- t- uh, hang on, that's from T. Uh, yeah, from Toman. Yeah, that's it. That's about right. I'd pay that for that. I mean, for a f- they had like the feedback into it because that's kind of what creates the thing from. Um, Regen knob on uh, a f- on a flanger, yeah, on a flanger, yeah. Feedback, so it's feeding itself back into itself. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. I've not seen that that I can think of. Yeah, so well, you've I got. I want to try this. So the center center position is like kind of negative, like, like sorry, like neutral feedback, and then you go like backwards, and it's almost like negative feedback, and then you go into it, and it's almost like positive. So it's like you've got your, your your middle spot is your sweet spot, almost for all the controls. And then you start veering away from that and you start getting some really kind of psychedelic stuff. It's it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic pedal. And it's one that was uh, lent to me uh, by Mr. Andrew Bimson. And I am going to have to give it back at some point. But I think before I do, I'm going to do a no talk or tone versus with it. Maybe, maybe I'll see. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but I'll have, I'll have to wrap my head around that one. We have got a podcast. We have got a podcast this but week. Before we do, can go I on. talk a little bit about what I did just before we came on here? So uh, a few days ago at my doorstep dropped a couple of victory pedals. Okay. And they are from the new range. And the ones I got were the Kraken and the Sheriff. Okay. And I'm just gonna drop a little video a little picture in the uh in our little group chat just for Joshy Boy so you can see what I was doing. Is this that, that picture with you like that you took with the mirror? No. That, it was I a lovely picture. Was good, it? it was a <laughs> lovely picture. I think you shared yeah. that on uh was it on in the Pedal Wars Insta- doing group or was it on the Insta? Twin Instagram, wasn't it? Oh, I've got such a, a crap internet, it's not coming through. Okay, basically, on my board, I've got the, the two Victory V4 amps. I've got the uh, Jack and I've got the Kraken. 
Yeah. And I ran the Kraken pedal into the jack and basically had a stereo Kraken rig running. Nice. Yeah. I mean, mate. <laughs> it was like, my missus is going to come down and kill me in a minute because I was running this really heavy and it was just like shaking the room. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. And that's all I had was just those those two running. And it didn't sound too far off from the amp at all. Bearing in mind it's going through a different amp, so that's going to change the voicing itself. Yeah. But my God, the the, the tones were just immense. Uh, give me another couple of minutes uh, on just a bit of tonescaping. I, pre- I probably would have had them identical. I mean, in fairness, most of the, the sort of presets that I run on the Quad Cortex are stereo victory. Mm-hmm. Um VX100 patches anyway so like I'm I'm quite used to that sort of sound and yeah it, it's it's monstrous it's great isn't it the um the sheriff pedal was really interesting um it's cuz you got a free band EQ on it so I managed to get Marshall scooped tones <laughs> it's just like something you don't do but I just thought yeah I've got to try this um it did make it sound like I was running a stereo Marshall rig, which was really, really nice. Which makes um, sense, because that's what they're based off. Yeah. The the bass on it was quite typically, as you turn it up, you are getting that flubby bass that you yeah. know with Marshalls. Um, and that's the bit with me that always sounds the most like uh, if you get a Marshall in a box pedal, the bass is always like not quite right. Yeah, they try and um, tighten it up too much. Yeah, well, if you turn the bass down on this, it does tighten up, which is mm. nice because I was like, oh, I like that. But that's the, f- I like that this makes it actually feel like a Marshall. But that's the thing when I've got a Marshall yeah. that I always try to get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I started turning it down, I was like, ah, oh, okay. Well, that's that's why people what run like overdrives in the front, isn't it? To, mm. to tame that kind of fuller spectrum. Yeah, if I had a bit more time, I might have uh, chucked a um, a tube screamer into it. But my God, it's got a lot of gain on it, and that's fucking awesome. I mean, you know, it is well good. <laughs> Basically, I was really happy with it. Um, the only trouble is now I don't want to really change my um. I don't really want to change my overdrives on my board. Ah, so you're in a bit of a dilemma. Yeah, but you know what? It's not like I'm gigging, so... <laughs> Go on, add another drive onto the board. Treat yourself. I can change it whenever I want. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll knock some shorts out of these soon and then we'll put some um, full videos together and see what we can come up with because they are pretty bloody banging, these pedals. See, yeah. I am looking at one. I am looking at the the the, the Kraken one. But with having the quad cortex, I don't see the point. Yeah. You could say that about all pedals, though. <laughs> well, what's the point in me getting a pedal that replicates the amp when I've got a capture of the amp on the quad cortex anyway? There's yeah. no point yeah. me trying to emulate something that I'm already using, so to speak. Yeah, you you might find it's different. You might find that it might be worth just to get hold of one just to test it out. But um, I can't say what it's going to do really. If if you're happy with the one on your quad cortex, then don't bother. 
Is he just saying the crap cod cortex? He did, did, he I, did is, say is the crap cod cortex. Yeah. If you're happy with that crap quad cortex, then by all means be my guest. <laughs> I think I was going to say Kraken. Okay. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, like, that's a Freudian slip right there, that isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Right, let's let's do a hot take. In fact, actually, let's wrap up the hot take from last week. This is unprecedented. This last week's uh, hot take literally never has happened. So we've got a 100% vote for one of the uh, one of the options. So the the hot take from last week was guitar pedal plugins are the future and we got a unanimous not fucking ain't. So like the naught percent, naught percent were saying, yeah, plug-in, plug-in pedals are the future. So I'm sorry to say, Electro Harmonics, with your hardware plug-in Big Muff and with the Strymon Big Sky <laughs> plug-in, the people have spoken. This, my problem with this is they priced it at pretty much, I, th- I think the actual, the mini Big Sky is about, that price may be a little bit more. Blue sky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, it's the, yeah, but you get yeah, to move it about and like that thing you can take anywhere. You can plug it into anything and it will give you that sound. This but you are tethered like, to a laptop. Anywhere. With like I mean, with logic anyway, like you get like a space designer which has got so many parameters kind of under the reverb section anyway, and it's just kind of like, well that that's just as good. Yeah, there's a lot of people who use their big sky and they want to replicate that tone in their, you know, in, in their songs and they want to put it on in post. But you know what? I think it's so much money. So, it is so much money for a plugin. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just because it's got Strymon written on. We like we we talked all about this last week and we've got a, a a hot take to do this week. So let's not ruminate on it, boys, because. This is already being done. This is ground trodden. Right, this week we have got a hot take, and I am I am legit excited for this one. This one was taken from Pedal Boards of Doom, and a, and a guy called Sam Radford says, indeed, indeed, one of the uh, top, top 10, top 10 groups with what pedal board in the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a legit, <laughs> look, it is a legit group. Uh, so Sam Radford said, clones of hella old pedals are objectively better than the originals. So the clones... Ooh, of... that's not even lukewarm. That's a... That's, that's a spicy hot, that is, isn't it? That's a spicy hot take, that is. That's, lo- that's mate, ma- mate, like that a madras mixed the... with a vindaloo, that. That's subjective to the individual pedal. Hmm. That that can't just you can't just make a sweeping statement like that and expect it to apply to every single pedal. Well, think you fucking can because he has, and it's what we're going to argue this week. So, Lee, That's you're stupid. you're I mean you're you're arguing that you should take it on a pedal by pedal basis. Yeah. Which, yeah, kind of, but no, no, kind of. Mm. <laughs> That's the answer. Done. Move on. <laughs> no, because we've we've got a we've got a hot take here, and we're going to argue it, and we're going to argue it right. Um, sit here and brush my hair. So <laughs> you carry on, darling. Uh, <laughs> so clones of Hello Old Pedals are objectively better than the originals. So, like from from the point of view of like 
some of the old fuzzies where it was like you'd legitimately get like radio noises coming through them because they were like components that were not as refined as the modern versions. I've had that from modern pedals. Yeah. I mean, a video you, about it on one. You, you might have, but like generally speaking, when they are recreating versions of like classic fuzz faces or like maestro fuzzes or any any of these, they're making it so that the the pedals aren't susceptible. I mean, if you if you just have a look at, uh, let's take the Raise the Dead for example, which is based on a vintage silicon fuzz face. If you look inside one of those, it's far, far more complicated than a vintage silicon fuzz face. Like, those were six components, weren't they, or something like that? Okay, you can argue that that isn't a clone. I mean... A clone would be a replication of... The Razor Dead is an evolution of, and it hasn't even got the same knobs on it. Like, it's got one knob, and that's the volume knob. Yeah, but the... The knobs that would have been in it have been replaced by fixed value resistors because the best tone on those was everything up to 11. And Stuart's taken that and went, yeah, that's that's pretty much what we need. So he's refined that. Need this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's fixed the fact that old fuzz pedals were so, so picky about where they would be in the signal chain. Like... One day you could plug it in and it'd sound absolutely fantastic. The next day you plug it in exactly the same order, exactly the same things, and it would sound terrible and it'd be humming and it'd squeal at you and you'd be like, why? Why has my tone forsaken me? Okay, but here's, here's the thing, right? You've got all of these old pedals. Now, I've I've done a lot of work on all the old fuzz faces and the old, all the old tone benders, and... So, 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 so many of them are the same pedal with just a different badge on. Like, most of them. There was only about probably three different fuzzes for quite a long time. And yet oh, yeah, there yeah. was probably about 50 different pedals. No, not 50, but maybe even. So, you know. Yeah, you'd get the old, like, Italian replicas, wouldn't you? Where, like, they'd be making them cheaper in, like, the middle of Europe than they would be like like the handmade british versions so those would be like the first first one was the gibson wasn't it it was the maestro uh the maestro super fuzz but then like the tone bender was a take on that it it's and it all comes down what's stupid about it, it all comes down to how many transistors it's got yeah yeah because you've got like the the 1.5 versions which had like two and then you had three transistor and they were all <laughs> like designed to emulate a fucked up uh, like channel stripping a mixer, weren't they? Like someone had recorded into it like a fucked up mixer and it had made a horrible yeah. fuzzing sound. They're like, oh shit, that sounds good. Let's replicate that. Let's replicate yeah. something that is dying. And that was Keith on Satisfaction, wasn't it? No, that was a that was a Maestro FZ, that was. Mm, I, I don't remember. know. Let's look, the 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 annals of history can um keep that one i'll tell you what like people in the uh in the podcast group let us know let us know the history of it because i'm not entirely sure but i like it goes in one ear and goes out the other i've written blogs on the bloody thing and i can't remember <laughs> well that's but it i mean 
here's the thing, right? What I'm saying is, like, because there was these were all the same, and like, there's been so many fuzz faces and so on and so forth. That, like, what do you consider to be the OG, and like, wh- which of them are not? Do you not consider to be a clone, even though like they were? Cloning pedals has always changed. It's the the only the only thing I would give this chap is the the fact that they've got like a nine volt input. And yes, you know it's a boss style nine nine uh, nine volt input, so you haven't got to find batteries for them. But hey, batteries sound better, you know. You get all these people, but yeah, yeah. I mean you do. You get like Eric Johnson, who's who like gigs with half dead batteries to make his fuzzy sound a specific way um and it's like it's subjective but look objectively the fact that you've got those modern accoutrements where you you've got the nine volt uh jacks and people are doing like the the inverted um polarity on it as well so you can just stick any old nine volt in rather than having to have a like flipped in like flipped polarity nine volt going in to make it work that's a pain in the ass having like these old mxr pedals that were like hardwired and had a, a an adapter on the end of them that's a pain in the ass well, on the flip side i've got i've got modern level boosters and tone benders and stuff which i've played for a little while and do you know what they've broken and they're, they're made by like small companies making clones and then you see people out there still gigging like the vintage stuff. And you're like, okay. So some of the stuff that I've got has actually gone to shit. And some of the old stuff has stayed around. Whereas I've played some like really old 60s pedals and like you're handling them as if they're like a newborn baby because you're like, if I fucking drop this, it is going to break. Yeah. Whereas I think... if it was a boss tone bender, you can throw it around if you wanted to. But it's it's a it's a crapshoot in terms of like components as well. Components have got a shelf life on them, and you don't know whether like the click of that foot switch is going to last ten thousand clicks or if it's going to last a hundred. It's down to like it it's it's down to the gods, isn't it? And there's nothing to say. There's some people making clones, uh, clones though, not clones. Sorry, there's people making clones where they just take the bits that they can get at the time. Yeah, um, but there's there's nothing to say that um, the original pedals haven't broken and then been repaired as well, and lot bits have been replaced. You don't know the the heritage of certain bits unless you're opening it up and you know exactly what you're looking for. And even then, you can't be like hundred percent sure. Mm. So, what do you think? Um, it's not what I think; it's what the listeners think because this is their poll. And whether, like, the clones of these original pedals are actually objectively a bit better. It's so I mean, it's they're better in affordability. Well, that's See, that is I, I guess for, with my opinion, there's in terms of like I, I guess starting on the build quality side of it at first, kind of things now I, I don't think are, are ever made to last phones, laptops, TVs, because the kind of like they know that in the next six months, a year, the technology is still going to be, you know, a little bit better or whatever. And there's always going to be 
able to be upgrades to be made to models and you know better ways of thinking to say repackage things for example nothing now is kind of as they as they say it's never really built to last anymore whereas kind of i guess back in day um you know they probably were built a bit more rough and and rugged and and sort of built to last and i think nowadays as well a lot of businesses kind of obviously rely on having their pedals to kind of emulate older pedals but better with i guess you know more modern features like i don't know three band eqs or inbuilt cab sims and, and bits and pieces like that and lee's kind of right like i guess it's, it's subjective to the pedal and it's subjective to the person as to what they want but you kind of find now that the i'm going to kind of start this is i think going to divide opinion in, in itself but the elitists will think the original is better but the collective will think the the newer ones are better if that well, makes sense m- maybe we'll, we'll have to see one thing is for certain that we are not going to have such a divide that we had last week in the fact that the <laughs> there is a hundred uh, like a hundred to one Sorry, a hundred to zero vote on on this one. I, it will split up in. I I'm calling that it's going to be quite close to halfway, but we'll we'll see anyway. So the official wording of this um of this poll is: clones of hella old pedals are objectively better than the originals. So you need to vote whether you think this is correct or whether you think it is incorrect. We all know a certain person from JHS Pedals is going to say yes. I mean, if he's voting on it, you, by all means, carry on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, get in the get in the podcast group and get voting on this one. The poll will be out pretty much as soon as the podcast is. Um, we will find out. So, we've got some discussions for this week. We've got uh, we've got a few. First of all, um, Friedman have released. Mm. A twenty watt version of a couple of their um their amplifiers, one of which is the pink taco. What sorry? So the pink taco. So we've got the pink taco. Say that again, please. Pink taco. Um so it does not take a genius, it does not take a rocket scientist to figure out what is being alluded to with the pink taco. Um what do we think, gentlemen, like of the pink taco? I mean, just Friedman in general, in terms of their their naming structure for <laughs> um, amplifiers. It's a bit boomerish, well, isn't it? I think it's ge- I think it's absolutely genius. Hmm. I mean, because that there is the opinion like, divided, isn't it? We all think of innuendos every day when we're at work, when we're at home, and it's, we Never. secretly kind of giggle in that in our heads nope. and. It, I mean, it, we can't it, say anything. At the start it, of this it, podcast, we couldn't get past it, the fact that Lee <laughs> had opened the box and was being entered. So, ultimately, it's Dave. You know, ultimately, it's Dave's. You know, it's his brand. If he's willing to do that and to put, you know, to have his brand reputation on the line, then that's obviously his. Um, 
yeah. Disney's cool. It, yeah, so it's up to him. The, the question that you pose to us, I think, is would we feel comfortable being seen on stage with gear that was so blatantly, like, say rude for argument's sake? Yeah, yeah. Because it, it doesn't necessarily have to have that misogynist um, edge to it. If it was like called the fuck face... Would I? Would I be? I absolutely would rock a pedal called the fuck face. I absolutely would. I think that's hysterical. I, no, it, <laughs> look, it, it depends where. Like, if you if you were like showing that pedal off on the internet, you'd be you might be like, oh, the fuck face. If I was doing I a would, gig, I wouldn't rock up to a like a church gig with it. Well, that's it, isn't it? Like the kind I mean, of gigs that the I'm doing. Place I would take it. But the, <laughs> the, the kind of gigs that I'm doing, I don't want like I don't want a promoter or whatever to come over to my board and say, "Oh, the fuck face, yeah, you're not playing tonight. See ya." So, how about like, this? Do you think it looks professional to gig such uh, equipment? Can you imagine a professional guitarist, say Steve Morse or someone like that, gigging a, a, an amp called the Pink Taco? I don't know who plays uh, like the Pink Tackle or the BEOD or any of that. Um, I know Richard ZK uses the Friedman. Oh, does it? <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. So maybe it's just a fuss about nothing. Maybe. I don't I think. I, I think Danish Pete uses a Pink Tackle sometimes. He's got his own signature. I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's, a, as well. there's a comment to be made there, isn't there? <laughs> fuck's sake fuck's sake right we're moving on i don't care we're moving <laughs> on this is an explosive topic and i regret every second of it uh, <laughs> right the prs prs hdrx standing for hendrix i believe uh 20 20 watt um head i assume uh, so, very quickly i'm just looking at the friedman it doesn't actually say the name anywhere on it. Oh, well, they've they've played a blinder there then, haven't they? Doesn't it have the letters B-E-O-D? Uh, the... Well, I'm just looking... I'm looking at the pink taco and all you I can see I bet you fucking on... are, you dirty bastard. Shut yeah. it down. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, uh, right there. Hendrix Woodstock Tones is what we're saying for um, uh, the PRS. So, like, first of all, that that's a marshal. That's... That's Marshall all day, every day. That's PRS weren't making anything at that point. So, I mean, his daddy might have been. So, what we did, uh, probably making PRS, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, daddy. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's talk after the show. Um, it's, no, he's, he's still watching his uh, Pink Taco films. Indeed. Right. So, like Hendrix Woodstock tone, quite an iconic tone. Not the top of what would come to my list for iconic amp drive tones. What would be your um your go to if you could get like an I can uh, I can I I can I can get it. Iconic iconic, iconic amp you tone. Can't. What would you go for? So would you go for the Hendrix Woodstock tone or would you go for something different? I would go. I can't. I'm, I'm probably going to steal our resident blues dad's thunder here. Uh, the John Mayer slow dancing in a burning room, uh, live in LA. Uh, I so think that is possibly the greatest amp tone ever. 
So you probably go in something like a two rock, or maybe even like a dumble. Two rock. What's it he used? He used a two rock, a dumble, and I think he used defender twin or something like that as well, didn't he? I think all some rolled of, into some one. Of amp. Two rocks are basically dumbles, aren't they? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that would be brilliant if you had like a fender twin channel and a dumble channel, and you could like mix between it, like jumper cable them and like mix mix them in together. And have like and I'd, I'd, I'd piss people off and play. I'd, I'd do it truly to troll the internet, and I'd play for it with like an EMG loaded fucking. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> of course you would, you bastard. Um, I, I weren't gonna go for that. I was actually gonna go for like Randy Rhodes live tone. I know that yeah. they've done the uh, the the RRs in like the the white Tolex. They look absolutely wicked. But like Randy Rhodes tone. Like live tone was absolutely iconic, weren't it? Isn't it a JCM eight hundred? Uh, I think the, they were probably modded. So, because they like the the amps back then weren't quite rip roaring enough. I think he was running overdrives in front of them as well, weren't they? Yeah, so, distortion plus. So maybe that, like that, but in an amp, a bit like the uh, the Ibanez tube screamer heads. Where you've got like a clean platform, but then you've got like a flick switch that adds the tube screaming. Something like that. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. I, I was thinking Randy Rhodes, or, or you know, there is that Zach Wild time, which is quite nasty. Um, but yeah, look, his is EMGs and chorus, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And JCM eight hundred. But the, most of the tones that I I I love from guitarists are more to do with the pedals than they are to do with the amps themselves. Yeah, that's the sort of category I sit in, like. I love the the sort of the album tones that Rabia got with Tosca in the Fire by the Silos album. If you like talking my more specific thing, but a lot of that again is kind of a mixture of delays, reverbs, and about six different amps at once. <laughs> of course, it is. Rabia ain't doing nothing by halves, is he? No, like he's just sitting in the studio after like quad tracking a. Well, Quite tracking a rhythm part and going, we need album, more ramps. On that album, he used the he used the the mini Krakens, the the normal micro head ones, whatever you call them, a KSR, uh, a Boogie, uh, a Friedman, and he used a Diesel. I mean, if you can do, oh, actually, do you know what? There are some some Muse albums where. Uh, and songs in particular where Matt used diesel amps. Yeah, okay. he used the VH4 on Channel 3, I think. Mm, I know, I did want, want one of them for some time. But they, they are a bit, like, hefty for just, like, putting in a room playing YouTube videos. I assumed he used boogies. No, he used diesel and uh, eight, JCM 800s together in stereo once, I believe. Yeah, I think I saw him with a DS, um, uh, a JCM 2000 DSL. One, DSL 2000. Point. Yeah, I think I think so. Nice. I was like, oh, I've got that amp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does it not sound the, sound the same when I'm playing it? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I remember actually watching like this DVD, and I was like pointing, shaking my wife, going, "See, look, look, that's my amp. Look, look." And she's like, "No, <laughs> I married a man child. We've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> oh 
Yeah. Right, so gentlemen, this week or early last week, even sorry, um, the Harley Benton Fusion series. So the fusions and the Fusion T uh, got a, a new liquor paint, which seems almost quarterly at this point, where you're getting like new <laughs> new colours on the on the incredible, incredible value for money um, Fusion series. Which just like for those who who are unaware and don't know about them, they are basically like the top spec Harley Bentons, aren't they? Really, these yeah. like HSS HH Strats and some HH Tellies with like mad splitting options as well. So you almost think of like the Guthrie Gove and Charvel, like and the um, the Pro Mods that kind of like area, but they also come. Uh, as standard with like br- like branded Wilkinson bridges, roast maple necks with stainless steel frets and locking tuners. So we're talking like specced up to the hilt. Um, it made me ask a question on my Instagram that what are the features that you are looking for in a guitar these days? Like, so what are the modern features that you are looking out for um, on guitars that you? kind of lusting after so i've mentioned a few of them there like the stainless steel frets and the um the yeah, but just talking any sort of budget just yeah like and any budget yeah yeah because i think what, you can find them in all different revelation has been glowing the dark side dots yes the looming lay side dots that since i started kicking with my new ml1 and it's got the glow in the dark side dots that's just been an absolute game changer. Absolute game changer. Yeah, I'll give you that for, for sure. When I was playing that Strandberg, uh, I heard a lot of people say about Lumin Lays and they were saying, oh, yeah, they only last like 10 minutes. When you get on stage, they've gone off 10 minutes. They don't. Do they fuck? Yeah, no. They, they, they last they the entire night. gig. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they're like Viagra. Keep you going all night. And um, they were wicked. I was well impressed with them because like, you could sit there and like play like play during the dark watch a film and just be practicing and the cool thing about Strandberg obviously is because it's tiny you can sit there on the sofa quite comfortably playing it and um yeah man the, those lumen lays they, they just keep you going don't they yeah i would i would say stainless steel frets mm-hmm. um yeah. as well i would expect we're not tempted by the wiggly like... frets the um I've, ne- oh. I've never tried them, so I wouldn't. They're true, oh, true temperaments. Ones. Yeah, true temperament. True temperament. Yeah. That's yeah, you have to tune I... your guitar funny for them, you know that. Well, I assume you tune it like bang on because the, the tuning system for no, guitar. No, you have to tune them slightly differently. There's a, there's a special way of tuning them, so you have to tune some of the strings slightly out. Yeah, Isn't yeah. That the same as with the Evertune. Not sure with the Evertune. No, I don't know with the Evertune. You can't bend it if you do it normally. You have to like set the key to something special, then tune it down, and then tune it up, and then you can actually bend it. it it's very weird. Oh, um, well, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Um, I would expect either like a lot, you know, like a locking style bridge, like a Tone Pro's locking bridge, or locking tuners of some sorts. Yeah, I do like locking tuners. Yeah, yeah. I I've put some and recently on the telly, like a telly build that I've got. I say a telly build. You, like them. you didn't like the specific ones you had though, did you? 
No, the they're not not great quality. But even so, it took me it took me about ten minutes to fully like strip it down, clean the fretboard, and string it back up. So can't can't mind too much. Mm. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah, it's it's so so easy just to whip them off, whip them back on, bang done, and like snap a string. You sorted in like ten minutes, like you say. Yeah, like if no. if I snapped a string at a gig, it'd take me probably to the end of a song to get the like the string new string on and get it tuned up. And as long as it weren't anything... a... yeah, carry on, sorry. on. Yeah, as as long as it weren't like a like a incredibly guitar heavy song, I could get away with that at a gig. I think uh, and... on on a modern guitar, it's it's about like having coil taps and stuff like that, and and built into it, you know. So if if you've got two humbuckers, having a five way switch, so you've got all those options there, and yeah, stuff like that. Coil tap, I can't say I I am I am personally not fussed about. Uh, what what I really come to enjoy is a proper maple cap. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so we we've got like than having a veneer. Two like two ends of the spectrum here, haven't we? We've got like someone who's going for like the ultra modern, like tapping within an inch of its life, and like m- multiple um, like options in terms of your tone. And then you've got uh, Josh going, yeah, go back to what Gibson were originally doing. I mean, they they haven't stopped doing it. They've always had a, a maple a maple top, and with the uh, the guitars that are of the cheaper cheaper end they have got maple caps on them but they're just cheaper maple and then they put the veneer of the like fancy quilt on top but if you if you've got like a go on carry on yeah i just remembered um did you see my video about my guitar my les paul yeah yeah yeah. it's like it's a pretty fucking rare one isn't it you've got um one of 500 in the world that have got an ebony board or something is it yeah, it's, no, it's the, no, it's no, the no. matching painted like headstock the... or something. No, 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 no. Right, okay. So I keep getting questions about my guitar all, all the time um, on the shorts and stuff like that, and people messaging me, asking me about it and stuff like that. So I, I was doing a bit of research because Gibson changed their website a couple of years ago. It was when JC first came in, and the page that I used to show people had, had been taken down. So I was watching, uh, looking for, like, going for YouTube, and there was a video with an interview that, um, with the guy whose signature guitar it is uh, done about six months ago, which I hadn't seen. And I was watching through it, and they were like, oh, yeah, do you know what, though? Uh, my one's got a roasted maple fretboard. And I was like, that's odd. I thought they all had ebony fretboards. And then, I've never known Gibson to do roasted. Yeah. And, and then they were like, um, oh, yeah, and this one's just got like a palfero on it or something like that. Or, or was it mm. Rosa? I can't remember. Anyway, um, and I'm like, what's going on? And then they said, yeah, uh, originally there were 200 made um, with the ebony fretboards, which were on the first run. So I don't think they actually made 200 by that point. Cites came in, took them all, burnt the fuckers. Right? <laughs> what, Is that going to help anyone? Cried, it? I know, it's stupid. I'll teach them a lesson. Stupid idiots. Anyway, um, yes, but my one somehow was kept back, and this one was gifted to my friend Jim at a Gibson convention. Um, oh. He's a jazz player, so he asked me if I wanted to buy it off him. 
um, so he could have some money to buy a jazz guitar because he wanted a 335 or something. Um, and when I was watching it, I was like, hang on a minute, does that mean that mine is like the only one out there that's got the ebony fretboard? So I put up this short about it, and Billy Morrison himself, who his signature guitar this is, went, yeah, that's correct. So mine is like basically like a one-off. I think, mm. I think Steve Vai's got one because I saw a video of uh, he's, uh, he was doing with his wall of like all these gems and in the middle was one of these. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's like stupidly rare. Yeah. I mean, if anyone asks you what you've got in common with Steve Vai. I would guess mine's definitely not under the same line of that, but my ML3 beer that was sent to me ironically by Rob, by Rabia, uh was one of the first ones off the off the line when they were made and it's actually if you go to say like um Toman or Anderton's or Chapman Guitars it's website or anything like that it's the yeah, my one is the one that was used in all of the photos nice that's really cool it's a claim to fame that isn't it well we're gonna have one one last uh one last little little ditty here uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna move on to some page because uh, I think time time is counting down, right? So this week I was I was playing the Chef Tone Preacher vo- uh, Volume Two vo- Version Two, um, <laughs> vo- vo- Volume Two. Shit, mate! You're not with it today at all, are you? I'm not. I must be tired. Um, so I was I was playing the Chef Tone Preacher. Um, I was, it was in the morning. I was I was meant to do like a little. Um, like a, a video um, for the no talk or tone because I'd put a poll up and people were saying, "Oh, we want to hear the the V two preacher." So I was like, "Yeah, cool, I'll do that." Um, so I plugged it in and then just spent the entire hour practicing some Robert Cray stuff. <laughs> um, I just I lo- completely lost myself in this pedal because I'd got a tone that I liked and I was I was learning uh, learning a bit of Robert Cray. And it has been so long since I have sat down and played guitar, just like sat down and really actually played it for myself. Um, I wanted to wanted to find out what you guys have been playing. We don't talk talk about playing for pleasure um, so much. Uh, I've I've been writing. Um, have you? So, yeah, I've, I've, there's a couple of things I've been doing, but with with doing the shorts, you kind of have like. 60 seconds or less to show off the pedal to its best um, ability, but you need to keep it interesting and grab people at the beginning. So I've been trying to write around like jazz chords, but keeping it rocky and stuff like that. So I've been doing a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of um, practicing my scales and just shouting out a different mode to myself and just basically trying to get that scale in in any key sort of thing. Just like shout Dorian and bang, you know, this, that and the other. Um, and like practicing my scales of um, yeah there are some other bits and pieces I've been doing but uh, yeah I've been doing the SY1 stuff as well and just like trying to keep my um, my genres open so I've got that and then yeah trying to expand my, it quite a bit and one of my friends that I work with over at Analog Alien they have uh, they had this song that was like um it was a really like cheerful um 
motivational song and it was like clap for yourself when you do good and all these sort of things and it was kind of like a bit hippie on like it sounded like it should be on acoustic guitar it wasn't um and we were talking about it and i said you know what i really want to hear those lyrics with your voice because she's got this wonderful voice over some really dark chords with a nice bit of synth (laughs) in the background because it could sound like really the the count the counter position could be really good um so um yeah i've got that to write as well she's she said to me she really wants us to do that so um yeah i'm uh nice i've got to work that out which i've been doing but i'm going in the different direction now and i shouldn't be i need to reel myself back in on it cool so you've been doing a lot of purposeful practice there haven't you Mm. really really intentional yeah, I haven't been being creative. Hadn't had a reason to be creative musically for too long, and it's what I love doing the most. So that, yeah. like, getting the right tones and stuff. So yeah, I'm really enjoying. How it. About yourself, Josh. What were we saying? Because you you've been playing a bit more Paramore recently. Funnily enough. Well, yeah. We, well, yeah. Funny enough, we're adding four to five new songs through the set. So kind of like been learning some some more bits and pieces there plus they released a new song which <laughs> fuck we <laughs> yeah which there was there was no tabs out you know for anything like that because i'll be honest that's kind of like i'll use tabs but i'll also use my ear to kind of then like piece bits together and yeah. you know just use it as like a light blueprint and it was my first time trying to actually work something out and um, we did it at our last gig in Wigan. I think it was the week after it was released. And we were actually the first people in the UK to obviously play live. There is another Paramore tribute in the UK, but they Fuck those guys. The, yeah, fuck those guys. Um, Paraless. They are called Paramore or Less, ironically, is their name. <laughs> that, uh, to I be fair, that uh, is a wicked name. It is, yeah. Um, I have been, I've been playing through a lot of like Rabia's instrumental grinding gear stuff and kind of um, using a lot of the unique chord shapes he uses and like having to play around with those myself. Um, And what else have I been playing at the moment? Call of Duty. Uh, yeah. Actually, no. I've been playing Call of Duty this week. Well, the weekend just gone. Um, what and what are you actually, playing on the PlayStation? I am currently playing Formula One Manager. Uh, Formula One Manager. <laughs> yeah. I did not uh, even know that was a thing. My gosh, that sounds like spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. That. Oh, it's yeah, it's strategy and tactics and blah blah blah. Um, and I've actually been playing. I've I've played through this song about fifty times to try and work out the 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 the, the, the guitar tone for it. But uh, my friend of misery from Metallica, because mm. I think we spoke okay. about it before. Because um, I've been trying to le- figure out the harmony kind of solo that they they have. Yeah, and it's quite a weird one. On, isn't it? Yeah, I was on a Metallica Gear forum on Facebook, and it was actually allegedly. Meta. <laughs> no, no at, well, I thought it was kind. I just thought it was like a, a an octave or octave down sort of shindig. And, yeah. Um, it's actually an MXR pedal plugged straight into a cab. 
allegedly. <laughs> which MXR pedal? I don't know because, to Not be honest, I don't know box. what ones would have existed in the 90s and... Yeah, the box came out in the 90s. 70s. Yes. Um, I, I don't it, it know. It weren't the blue box. It didn't sound shit. <laughs> well, it didn't sound that shit. Shut your ass. <laughs> and as always, I've been playing some Rammstein because I love playing Rammstein. So. Yeah, you do. Yeah, my man. My man. What we? So I'm going to extend it. You've you've mentioned what you've been playing on the uh, on the old PS. What you what are you playing at the moment, Lee? What's what's your game of choice? What have I been playing? Uh, we've been playing a lot of Minecraft actually because it's something we can play with the kids. Um, so, nice. Yeah, I didn't realize it went quite as in depth as it did because being at my age, I kind of missed it when it first came out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, people are playing with that. Oh, that's cool. I like Lego and Meccano and all these things they played with. When I was oh, Meccano. That takes me back. The OG and it. And Connects. Connects was awesome. But, um, yeah, we've been playing a lot of that. Uh, what else have I been playing? playing the TT racing. Um, but I'll tell you what I have been playing through, because I'm trying to get 100% on it, is Abe's Odyssey. Oh, oh yes, yeah. classic. Yeah, and I've... do you know what? I missed two of the Madokans right at the beginning. Not right at the beginning, but like just as you come into the area with um, the um, Squigs. What are they called? Sligs. Huh? Sligs. Sligs. No, the Sligs are the, um, the Sligs are the dogs. Um, but the um, oh, Scrabs. Scrabs. Ah, uh, so yeah. Because you get Scrabania and Paramania, don't you? When you get yeah. further on. And you got the Scrabs and Fun. the Paramites. But it's a bit with the Scrabs, which are the big, like, almost like plant bird things on the four yeah. legs sort of things. Anyway, um, I think that's right. Or it's the other way around. Anyway, there's there's a couple of Madokans there that I've lost that I didn't get right at the beginning. I'm right, I'm right near the end now. And I've just got to get, like, I'm, I'm gutted because I'm probably going to be, like, down to, like, just missing two. Yeah, ninety six percent or something. You're like, fuck. I will give you some fun trivia about that game. So when that came out in ninety six, I think it's one of the first games that came out on the PlayStation One. I was four at that time, and when my mum got the the PlayStation One, that was one of the early games she had at the time. And the start, you know, like the old start sequence outside Rupture Farms <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that intro used to scare the living bejesus out of me it used to give me nightmares yeah i mean he's really creepy and then he comes in like hello (laughs) yeah it's yeah yeah it's quite quite dystopian isn't it the whole vibe to it so i I get it i don't like the new ones so much and the reason i don't like them so much is because they've got like a like the sliding screen rather than having a screen and that's your puzzle and another screen and that's your puzzle and I really like that about it. Like each every time you went from one screen to another, it yeah, was it's like a new, yeah. And then they yeah, a self-contained somewhere. puzzle. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, yeah. Like, I, it's not like they they didn't have the choice because um, like Mario came out a long time before that, and that was doing the side-scrolling thing. I don't. Want yeah, to but do it was that. um, it was one of the early disc-based games, weren't it? So it was they were working out the technology, weren't they? But it worked really well. It's was like the old Resident Evils with the pre-rendered backgrounds. I love them because you can't yeah. see what's coming around the corner. And 
Yeah, you you can hear the footsteps and you can hear the the. Like they played a bit of horrible low the other day, and like I was like, "Where's the zombie?" And literally, it was just being hidden by my own silhouette because I, where my character <laughs> was, where Chris was, there was a zombie yeah. in front of him, but further away, so he was completely engulfed by my my body. It was like, oh. I mean, if if you're not using Jill, poor form, poor poor form, <laughs> um, but hey ho, like. This is this is the end of the podcast now. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna wrap up. We got we might do a little bit more on the uh, on the page. Yeah. Just a little 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 top up. So if you wanna if you wanna listen to that, there is one way to do it. Well, there's two ways. You can bribe someone who's already a Patreon member, or you can pay us two dollars a month, and you can get link to the Patreon uh, episodes. And there's what ten now? Less, is less than a Tesco meat meal deal. Oh yes, my gosh. Like they've gone up, haven't they? That, look, it's double that for me. Ninety now, I think. Yes, how much I paid for a cucumber earlier? Sixty-nine cents. Nearly uh, five quid. Whatever it's nearly five quid for a bloody cucumber, and pretty much the same for a lettuce. Just to what? stick it up your ass. <laughs> you know, one of the most annoying and confusing things in Sweden is they call lettuce <laughs> salad. <laughs> I so, mean, they're not wrong, are they? They're not wrong. <laughs> but it gets really confusing because when you were talking about what you want in your salad or what yeah. salad do you want on it, and you're like, well, I would like yeah. lettuce. What, but yeah, I don't what want lettuce? The rest I didn't, yeah. yeah. Like, there's iceberg, there's like Chinese leaf, there's. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not up. I'm not so much up on lettuce that I can give you a specific type. <laughs> I just want lettuce, please. Because <laughs> without it. Yeah. Pretty bare, it's, right? It's extinct now, but there is the Liz Truss lettuce. Oh, <laughs> right, gentlemen, <laughs> we are ending a podcast here. So, little as two dollars a month, you can be part of the Patreon crew. They are as follows: we've got Mr. Andrew Bimson, we've got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chev Tone Effects, we've got Mr. Doug Christ of Thirty Seven Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and of the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh Direction. We have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. Boom. If you want to find me online, you catch me at Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube slash Budget Pedal Chap. At YouTube, it is the home to the No Talkal Tone series and the No Talkal Tone Versus series, which this week has a Demon FX off. You can see which is the better of these two Demon FXs. Josh, where can we find you? You can find me at the Corona Mortis on Twinstagram. Boom. And Josh Castle TCM on YouTube. And Lee, where can we find you, my friend? Primarily, you can find me on the Pedal Wards of Doom Facebook group. And we have the page there as well, which we use for a little bit of promotion. You can also find me on Instagram as um, headed up by our own Josh. We, you can find us on YouTube as headed up by Mr. Budget, Budget Pedal Chap. But you can also, also find us on TikTok because we've been TikToking and we got more followers than we have days we've been running. So that's a good thing, apparently. Boom. Get in. <laughs> TikTok yeah. famous. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Right. So from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, from Josh. Oh, my gosh. From Leap, Dabba 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 D
It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Mrs. told me that there's nothing wrong with having a small penis. But to be honest, I'd prefer that she didn't have one at all. <laughs> <laughs>